This presentation has been previously broadcast. So what's the best piece of advice that you were given when you started going out on dates in high school or college? Years ago, a friend of mine told me his approach to dating girls before he was married. It was definitely different than my outlook when I was still single. And I've actually taken what he said, and I've shared it with all of my children as they've approached that age when they're starting to be interested in going on dates, going to school dances, going to the prom, such things like that. I think it's maybe the best advice I can give my kids when they're starting to look at potential romantic relationships, and I'll share it with you coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Josh Raymond. Well, here we are. Ash Wednesday. That came fast, didn't it? Uh, it just seemed like we uh, had had Christmas and New Year's, and we just finished up the Christmas season, and here we are. It's Lent already. Well, I, I hope your Ash Wednesday is off to a good start today. Uh, if you didn't sign up for Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass yet, uh, it's not too late. Do that. It's a great way for you to make this a wonderful Lenten season and to learn more about the Mass. Father Rocky has all these videos, these daily videos that you'll receive in your email inbox, and it'll walk you through telling you about all the different aspects of what you see, what uh, is happening during the Mass, some of the different prayers, the responses that we say as the laity, what the priest is saying. There's so much richness there. I, I think this is maybe the third or fourth year that I've started going through these, and every year I'm so glad to go through them again because even though I, I might know a lot of it, there's a lot of reminders there. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So uh, you can sign up at our website, relevantradio.com, or through the Relevant Radio app. They're absolutely free. Uh, all, no obligation other than just... Give us your name, tell us your email address so we can send them to you, and that's it. Again, that's at RelevantRadio.com or through the Relevant Radio app. So many years ago, in the course of a conversation with my friend, his name is Joe, uh, in this conversation, at one point we got onto the topic of those dating relationships uh, when you're in your late teens or your early 20s, and I talked about some of my past girlfriends, but Joe he said he really didn't have any long-term or serious girlfriends before he had met his wife. And I was a bit shocked by this because Joe, he's a good-looking guy. He's very, very friendly, laughs really easily. And I would have thought just, you know, he, he would have had all kinds of girls that would have been attracted to him. But he explained that he hadn't had any serious girlfriends prior to meeting his wife because he always kept in mind the end goal of dating that it was to eventually meet someone who he would want to marry. Now, when I was 16 or 17, I definitely didn't have that kind of outlook on having a girlfriend. For me, it was as simple as if I thought the girl was pretty, if I had the courage, if I could muster up the nerve to ask her on a date and she said yes, I was just happy. I enjoyed the moment right there without much thought of any long-term future potential. But if Joe, he, if he went on a couple of dates with a girl and he knew, if he could tell she's just not the right fit, where this is not going to go anywhere, he wouldn't continue on in that romantic relationship. He wouldn't drag things out. He'd be kind about it, but he would end things and call it off. And when Joe was telling me this, I was honestly surprised. And I told him how that was such 
a mature outlook for a teenager. And I asked him if he had the same sort of approach to other areas of his life when he was that age, when he was young, you know, keeping that end goal in mind. And Joe laughed and he said, no, he he was a regular teenager. He was short-sighted. He was selfish about a lot of other things in life at that age. But for some reason, and he didn't even know why, he just said for some reason he had this ability to look at romance and keep that end goal in mind. And so that's what I've told my kids again and again when they're in those high school years, when they're starting to go to those school dances or they come home and there's talk about having interest in somebody that they find attractive, somebody of the opposite sex. They say, oh, yeah, yeah, enjoy being young, enjoy being single, going on some fun dates. But at the same time, don't forget what the ultimate point of dating is. It's so that you can meet someone that you want to marry and you can be with them for the rest of your life. Not to forget that, even when you're 16 or 17. And not only when it comes to dating, but in almost all areas of life, I think this is really good advice. Don't forget the end goal. Don't get so distracted by things happening in the moment that you lose sight of the ultimate objective. Well, today, Ash Wednesday, is that spiritual reminder for us that we shouldn't lose sight of the end goal of our lives. When you receive ashes today, you'll hear one of a couple phrases. The one that I like, it says, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. I don't like it because it sounds a little bit morbid. No, it's because it's honest. That is the line that helps us gain that focus on the long game, that none of us live forever, and we shouldn't try and fool ourselves. You know, we will all die at some point. You will die someday. I will die someday. But that's not the end of the story. We have all been created for life beyond here on earth. So if we've gotten a bit sidetracked in the day-to-day happenings of this life, well, the season of Lent, it can help us gain back that vision for what really matters, helping us focus on the real goal of this life. And that's what we want to discuss today, how to make this a great Lent, how to get back on track with our primary objective as Christians, keeping that end goal in mind. And our spiritual director joining us here for the hour, Father Matthew Spencer, is back once again. He is a priest with the Oblates of St. Joseph, and he is the provincial superior and the shrine director for the Oblates of St. Joseph based in Santa Cruz, California. Father Matthew, welcome back to The Inner Life. Thanks so much, Josh. A very blessed Ash Wednesday to you. Very happy to be with you today. Well, and so uh, have you already celebrated Mass? Has there already been ashes distributed among your community yet? Yeah, I started early this morning with my community, and then I have some more services today. So I went out on my walk already today, and I could see the people looking at the ashes on my forehead with their heads turning a little bit uh, and probably being reminded probably a lot of them saying oh yeah that's right those catholics out there are starting something special today <laughs> <laughs> those catholics uh, so th- there's those two different phrases i mentioned the one that uh remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return uh the other one and this is the one actually the priest when he put the the ashes on my forehead this morning he said this other one, repent and believe in the gospel. Do you have a favorite of the two of them? Uh, probably like you, I prefer that first form. Uh, there's something very, 
I mean, it's poetic and it's it's just very meaningful. Of course, repent and believe in the gospel. Those are the words of Jesus right. as well. So you can't go wrong with either one. And when I distribute ashes, I usually alternate or switch it up. And it just kind of depends on on uh, the inspiration of the Spirit. There and you who's go. Right Let the Holy Spirit me. lead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, with both of those phrases... Um, is there anything that, you know, when, if, if somebody's listening right now and they are going to go to Mass in, you know, either later this morning or coming up later today, um, this evening, anything that they should kind of keep in mind as they hear either of those phrases, what that really should call to mind for them as they are, you know, entering into this first day of Lent? I thought your your point there right at the start of the show was was important that we have to keep our eyes fixed on on the real goal that we have before us. And I think that's what makes uh, Lent this very special time. It, it has a twofold preparation, I would say. The first preparation is for the coming Easter, right? So we begin Lent in order to prepare ourselves well for the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. And this is why it always takes place the 40 days before uh, the celebration of Easter. Uh, but as you point out, it's also a preparation for our our own mort- our own death. And it's a realization of our own mortality, which is not something that should make us, you know, it's not something macabre. It's not something we should be worried about. It's something that we should realize this is going to happen to every one of us. And, uh, and as long as we're rooted in Christ, as long as we're living our lives the way that Jesus asks us to, then uh, we don't need to fear death. In fact, we, we look forward to the resurrection uh, of the body, which will come after our death. So I would say when, when we're receiving our ashes, these two, these two goals are important to keep in mind. Our preparation for Easter in just a few weeks, but also and probably more importantly is the preparation for our personal judgment before the Lord. I've always found it fascinating. Um, Father, you know I'm a convert to the church, and so um, the the first Ash Wednesday I think I went to was maybe about two years before I came into the church. And yeah, I didn't realize, oh, they hand out ashes on Ash Wednesday. I guess that makes sense here. Um, but it, it was such a packed church. And I thought, for those first couple of years, even after coming into the church, it must be a holy day of obligation. It's not. But I, I think I commonly see more people at Mass on Ash Wednesday than I will sometimes see on other days that really are true holy days of obligation. You know, uh, 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 maybe the Immaculate Conception, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, or the Assumption, or January 1st, um, uh, you know, the, the Queenship of Mary, these different days that are truly obligatory. Why do you think Ash Wednesday gets so much recognition within the church? You know, it starts this this season of penance, but it seems like people really want to flock to parishes for this. Josh, I have to share with you my first assignment as a priest was at Our Lady of Guadalupe in Bakersfield, California. And um, a large, busy parish, a large Latino population there as well. And um, I was just floored the first Ash Wednesday I spent there because we had uh, mass every hour on the hour from seven to noon. And then from noon until nine at night, we had every half an hour, 
two different services, one happening in the church and one in the hall, liturgy of the word services, distributing ashes. And the whole time for those nine hours <laughs> from noon to nine, the church was continually full and people cycling through. I, I've never seen so many people at a, at a small church like that before. And that's not unique to that parish. Um, it, it was a little, a little, uh, a little greater maybe than, than other parishes might see. But I think there's, I think there's something very uh, universal about this experience of Lent, this, this realization, first of all, that we need God's forgiveness, this realization that it is time to put our lives in order, because this is part of what preparing for Easter and for our own judgment is about. It's about putting our lives in order, taking stock of our lives and facing our mortality. Uh, unfortunately, Josh, I think it's also some superstition that has that has settled into people's minds as if they go to to get their ashes on Ash Wednesday, then maybe they'll live a year longer, which is kind of the opposite of you know what we're supposed That's to be right. doing. Um, so I think that part is important to root out. But on the other hand, I really I really appreciate how on Ash Wednesday, people who haven't been to church sometimes in years will feel like they can come and sit down, will feel... Mm-hmm. A confident to approach and to receive ashes, even though they can't receive communion, perhaps. Uh, and I, I like I like the fact that we we're all there together, and there is an opportunity to connect with people in a in a new way. So yeah, I, it's it's practically like the Super Bowl of of the liturgical year, you know, after Christmas, Easter, and maybe our Lady of Guadalupe, depending on your culture, you know. Yeah. But but it is a, a very busy day, and and I love that part about it. Talking with Father Matthew Spencer here today on The Inner Life, and uh, here, of course, Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent, uh, going to be talking about different things that you might consider that can help you to make this a wonderful Lenten season, one that helps you to have that focus, of course, looking ahead on how you can prepare for Easter, but then, of course, preparing for the end of your life so that you have that hope of heaven. And what are some things that maybe you are doing this year during Lent to help you in your relationship with Christ? Um, you know, fasting, what are some of the things that maybe you're giving up this year or you've given up in past years that have really helped you to be able to let go of things maybe you were attached to and to be more attached to Christ? Um, maybe you're planning to devote more time to prayer. Are there any devotions or prayers that you're going to do this Lent or that you've done in past years that, again, have been very beneficial for you in your life? And that third aspect, almsgiving, what are you planning to do this year? We'd love to hear how God is working in your life. And for you to be an encouragement to others, maybe people who are still saying, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. I want to do something. I want to make this a good Lent. I just don't know exactly what I should do. Uh, I want to do something more than maybe just give up chocolate this year. Our phone number for you to call in, uh, we'd love to hear your story again, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And of course, if you have a question, about Ash Wednesday or about Lent. Father Matthew is here to take your phone call, 888-914-9149. Father, let's talk a little about the—there's this uh, carryover from the Old Testament that it seems is kind of where we get ashes on our forehead. You know, in the Old Testament scriptures, 
when there was somebody or, you know, it could be an individual, could be a group of people, but they wanted to repent from their sins and seek the mercy of God. Maybe one of the most famous examples of this is King David after his great sin, and he's been told by the prophet that the child conceived with Bathsheba is going to die. Well, he goes and he he puts himself in sackcloth and ashes. He sits in ashes, covers himself in ashes. Is this kind of the similar theme that we are, are carrying out every Ash Wednesday, this uh, kind of just humiliating ourselves to the point saying, you know, this is, this is, um, I, I, I know my sinfulness, and I cry out to you, God, for mercy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So this is a, a long uh, tradition in the Judeo-Christian history to see that um, different people throughout uh, the revelation of God's salvation to us, uh, different people have expressed their repentance and their contrition through the use of ashes and and you're right partly it's it's humiliating and humbling we we get ourselves dirty and so we don't look as nice as we otherwise would there's some of our vanity is challenged some of our own uh, desire that other people esteem us and look upon us is challenged i think there's also the discomfort of it so when um you know different figures in in scripture will repent they'll sit down in in ashes, for example, uh, as a reminder of their death, as a way of humbling themselves, but also as a, a way to to be uncomfortable, to say, you know what, I need to, I can't, I got to get out of my normal routine of trying to be comfortable all the time, and I need to become more deeply aware of, of the reality before me here. And that, I mean, we put ashes on our head, and I hope that when people do, they don't just go to the bathroom immediately and, and rub it off. Of course, that's not a sin in and of itself, um, but there's something to be said for that witness that we, that we have. So it's also, uh, it, it is humbling for us. It points out that we are in a, a period of repentance. It's a little uncomfortable for us because it's a little messy and, and challenges our own comfort level. But also there's an, evangel or an evangelization opportunity there. When I go to work, when I go to the office, when I am before other people at the grocery store and they see the ashes on my forehead, they might do a double take. They might roll their eyes. They might kind of uh, imagine that we're um, you know, we forgot to wash our face. Yeah, right. Uh, but on the other hand, it might remind them that, oh, here's somebody of faith and here's somebody that's doing something a little different than our culture might might approve of, but but they, they can respect it and often people do. Well, so let's pick up on that when we come back, Father, because the gospel reading we hear at Mass today has Jesus saying, do not neglect your appearance, wash your face, uh, so that you may not appear to be fasting. So let's talk about Jesus's words, because yeah, we, we have this evangelistic opportunity here, but at the same time, uh, let's talk about the heart attitude that needs to be involved and understanding what Jesus is telling us as well. Uh, if you'd like to call in and speak with Father Matthew Spencer here on The Inner Life as we're talking about Ash Wednesday today, our phone number into the studio is 888-914-9149. What are some of the things that you're doing this Lent to help make it a wonderful Lent, 
hoping to grow closer to Christ through those three different pillars of Lent, fasting, through prayer, through almsgiving. We'd love to hear how you're planning to spend this Lent growing in relationship with God. Again, the phone number 888-914-9149, and we'll be right back here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at RelevantRadio.com slash Gregory. That's RelevantRadio.com slash Gregory. Back to the inner life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. Today I'm joined by Father Matthew Spencer, a priest with the Oblates of St. Joseph, and we're talking, of course, about this being Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent. How are we going to make this a great Lent? What are you doing in your life that you're planning in those areas of fasting, of prayer, of almsgiving? Uh, Maybe there's some things you've done in the past that have really helped you to make some big strides in your spiritual journey, in your relationship with Christ. What are those things that have helped you? We'd love to hear that so you can encourage others as they are entering into this Lenten season as well. And our phone number into the studio, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. So, Father, right before the break, you were talking about when we receive our ashes, you know, it'd be, it, it, it has this opportunity to be a, a strong witness for the church. Today at Mass, we're going to hear this reading, and this is taken from uh, the sixth chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel. It's right kind of in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is talking about when you do righteous deeds, don't do them so that other people will see them. Do them in secret so that your Father who sees in secret will reward or will repay you. And very specifically, the last kind of, there, there's three different sections here that Jesus is talking about. And the last one, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, Anoint your head and wash your face so that you may not appear to be fasting except to your Father who is hidden, and your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. So can you kind of help us understand what Jesus is saying here? Because I've heard this question many times before, many years in a row, is wearing ashes, is it going against what Jesus is saying here? Yeah, this is a this is a great thing to ponder, especially today as the church does provide us with that gospel passage you just cited from Matthew 6. There's certainly a tension in the gospel, right? There's a tension between needing to share the faith and also doing it for the right reason, not not sharing the faith for for our own notoriety or for us to be noticed. And in fact, the value of a hidden life is something so special. Jesus himself, for 30 years, 
remained hidden in Nazareth, right? And those 30 years of his life were not unproductive. They were not unimportant. Even though we know very little about those years, there was there was salvation that was taking place in part during that time of his life. So certainly there is a there is a call to hiddenness and to be careful not to uh, you know not to flaunt our deeds. But there also, as we just heard recently in the Sunday Gospel, there also is a, a, an invitation to be a light to the world and to not put that light under a bushel basket, to not extinguish the witness and the light that we're called to give to the world. So I think in order to understand today's Gospel, we have to realize that uh, what Jesus is asking of us has to be um, also uh, put into the context of his call to go and preach the gospel to all nations, right? And I would say the the way that I, I try to approach this, Josh, both personally and also in, in the ministry, is to is to always ask, well, why am I why am I doing this? So if I'm wearing ashes in order for people to look at me and think that I'm holy, to know to make sure they know I went to mass to get my ashes, if I'm doing it to be superior to people who don't have ashes on their forehead, uh, all of the, which is really makes me laugh when I say that, because that's totally the opposite right. of what the ashes are yeah. about. Uh, if, if my intention is such that I'm doing it for, for selfish or for vain reasons, then all of a sudden the whole purpose of, of wearing the ashes has now, uh, has now escaped me. Uh, on the other hand, um, it's possible to to be a public witness in the public square uh, and do it for the right reasons. And I think this is always behind what Jesus teaches us. Do things for the right reasons. Do things with the right motives. Uh, and that's that's hard because oftentimes as Jesus challenges us in Matthew 6, oftentimes we fast in order to get the accolades of others or we give alms so that other people think highly of us or we we pray so that other people might think we're holy and jesus is saying all of those if that's your point if that's your motivation then there's there's no reward that you're going to receive in heaven because you've been doing this for the wrong reason but if we do these these actions for the right reasons then they are valuable and laudable and this is why wearing ashes is um, one we have to be careful of. We, we don't do it with pride, or we better not do it with pride. Uh, but we also, I do think, have a call to share the gospel with the world, and, and this is a wonderful day to do just that, I think. Father Matthew Spencer is our spiritual director on The Inner Life. The phone number here into the studio is 888-914-9149, If you have a question about Ash Wednesday, about Lent, about uh, how you can make this a really beneficial and productive Lent, you're welcome to call in and speak with Father Matthew. Again, the phone number, 888-914-9149. Father, we've got Danny who's calling, listening in Arizona. Hi, Danny. Welcome to The Inner life today. I was just calling because I wanted to um, say what I was giving up for for Lent, and um, I am I'm just giving up um, all social media. I just was seeing it as a source of anxiety and a way to, um, I don't know, just really occupy my time, and I, you know, am giving it up in hopes of being able to do things that will allow me to be more reflective in my life and slow down and really just enjoy the quiet moments so that I can hear, you know, God's voice more. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a fantastic uh, sacrifice to make, Danny. And I, I think it's um, it's interesting when we look at how social media has arisen in our times. It's all engineered, right? I mean, we, we know this because uh, engineers themselves from, from these different social media companies have explained that the whole approach is to try and get you to spend more and more time on those platforms. And so they use reward systems, they they uh, condition us, they <laughs> lead us to have these hab- habitual behaviors which keep us going back to social media. And even if what we're looking at is is not unhealthy, even if there's even some value in what we're looking at, oftentimes what happens is we're missing the rest of life and we're missing living in the present moment or we, we become so anxious about, am I missing out on something that's happening on social media? Do I need to know about something? Are, are people seeing what I'm doing? Uh, all of this becomes, it makes us very self-referential, doesn't it, Denny? It makes us look at ourselves more rather than look at God. And and I would say, I think this is a wonderful example of of giving something up with a, with a deeper purpose in mind. So we we sacrifice social media, for example, something that maybe you enjoy doing. But the purpose then is to make space for God, right? The purpose is to have more time now to to be in relationship with God and to cultivate uh, a healthy uh, response to his grace in my life. So I think it's I think it's a, a wonderful sacrifice that many, many people probably would ve- would benefit from during this Lent. Uh, thanks for calling in, Danny. Uh, you know, Father, as you're talking about giving up social media and, if, you know, that it, it, as Danny was saying, it's not just to give it up and not have the recognition that there's opportunities for something else. You know, she talked about having that time to be reflective, time for prayer, for silence there, and filling that up with, you know, that 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 encounter with God then. Um, when we fast, I mean, today, you know, Ash Wednesday is one of the two days through the year that the church asks us to fast from food. And maybe we can get into the specifics of what the, you know, what that entails for Catholics, what's required in that uh, fasting in just a moment here. But a lot of times when we fast during the season of Lent, if we are giving up, you know, desserts or we're, you know, staying away from maybe alcohol or a favorite food that we uh, will regularly indulge in. We know that there's the opportunity to be a little healthier. And okay, great. Maybe I'll lose a little weight. That's a secondary benefit. There's nothing wrong with the fact that we're getting a little healthier, but maybe you can talk to the fact that the what's the primary purpose of us fasting? Why why does the church actually call for us to embrace fasting during these upcoming 40 days. Fasting is is this amazing ancient spiritual discipline. As Christians, as uh, the as um, rooted well in the Jewish uh, milieu, we we have seen how fasting has become an essential part of of the spiritual life and of our our orientation towards God. Uh, but it's not only limited to Christians, many different spiritual traditions use fasting. In fact, I'd say almost all of them do, to my knowledge. And the reason is this. uh, Appetite is such a basic human need and desire. It's such a, it's such a, an intrinsic part of who we are that, that is recurring, right? We experience it in this cyclical way. 
And so fasting is this this beautiful discipline that that kind of plugs into that cyclical and deep nature of of this desire in a way that makes us become more aware of other needs and desires that we have. So the Christian, when we fast, the the whole point is to recognize our hunger. Yes, to sacrifice and 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 do a little bit of penance from that suffering from that suffering. Uh, and that hunger, but even more importantly, it's to recognize there's a deeper hunger that you and I have, Josh. There's a deeper hunger that we have, which is a hunger for a relationship with God. And that hunger is much harder to tap into at times. That one is not as easy to notice. And that's why by using fasting, by by plugging into this desire that is very uh, just a part of our natural rhythm and biology, we can use it in order to focus more intentionally on God. And that's why fasting uh, from ancient tradition has often focused on on uh, hunger and food itself. And yeah, we can fast from other things that, that um, also uh, fill us up in a certain way. Social media is one and we can fast from television and entertainment and these types of things. Um, those are not bad sacrifices to make, and oftentimes they're they're healthier or they 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 can help us, but they don't necessarily tap into that very basic desire that we have, and so aren't always as effective as fasting from food itself. And this is why the church has preserved this tradition at Jesus's command, because he does command us to fast, but but also um, because it it is rooted in such an important necessary human a part of the human life. Yeah, I I don't know why it is, but it's on the actual days where the church asks for me to fast. Those are the only days where I find myself getting hungrier earlier than any other day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I can be busy with work uh, almost any other day through the year, and pretty soon, oh, it's one o'clock, it's two o'clock, it's three o'clock. Oh, I guess I I really haven't eaten much today. Uh, maybe I should stop and get a bite. Um, but then, I don't know, it's like 9.30, 10 a.m. hits on Ash Wednesday or Good Friday, and I could really go for a steak right now. I am so hungry. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Wow, that that was cruel. On I know. Ash Wednesday. Yeah, that's that's Nick <laughs> making all of us do a little more penance there. So, um, maybe we can walk through actually here briefly. We we need to go to a break, but before we do, uh, some of the rules that the church has in place for fasting, because the rules are honestly pretty easy when it comes to this idea of fasting. The the church doesn't ask us to just give up all food, all drink, all, you know, everything for a 24-hour period. Can you walk us through the actual rules that the church asks us to observe today? Sure. So Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are the uh, days of obligatory fasting and abstinence for, for Catholics. Uh, fasting is required for uh, adults from age 18 through 59. Um, so pr- before the age of 18, you're not necessarily required to fast. Now you, I would recommend it, right? But the church realizes that there are, that maybe for children, it's a little bit harder. And also there are, um, maybe health concerns that, that children need to consider more. And likewise in, in older age, um, the church has a little more, um, you know, just wisdom in that sense. But abstinence, that is abstaining from eating meat, is obligatory for, for all of us, regardless of the age. And that's because it's 
it's simple to do, especially in our day, right? Yeah. I mean, we can very easily uh, get by without meat. It's a, it is a sacrifice for many people, but it is a it is a good way to remember that we're observing these special days. Uh, well, and as you're talking about, you know, if there's health concerns for somebody who's elderly, I know uh, my wife at different points where she was pregnant. Um, you know, that was another one where there's a dispensation given there. If somebody has, you know, maybe if if they're diabetic and they have certain things they need to take in, you know, uh, for nutrition themselves, there's there's a lot of allowance that are given there. And, um, you know, if there's questions, you can find a little bit more information online, of course. Um, but the, the, the fasting itself, again, you know, one normal meal and then two smaller meals that if they were put together, don't equal one additional full meal. You do have the ability to make sure if, if boy, if you're really struggling, you've got some, uh, some wiggle room there to be able to at least eat something through the day. Um, Father, need to take a short break, but we've got a couple other people we want to try and get to on the other side of the break. Debbie Esmeralda, you're up next here, and we'll get to your calls. If you'd like to call in today here and speak with Father Matthew Spencer as we're talking about how to make this a wonderful Lent as we're starting things off here, first day of Lent, Ash Wednesday, the phone number into the studio is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Back in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, joined today by Father Matthew Spencer. He is the Provincial Superior and Shrine Director for the Oblates of St. Joseph in Santa Cruz, California. Uh, what What is that? What, uh, what choral group is that, Nick? It's the Benedictines of Mary, I think, of oh, Sacred Head Surrounding. Yeah. yeah, they have a they have an entire um they have an entire album of Lenten hymns. Oh, oh that's that's great. That's great. Um again talking about, of course, Lent here on this first day of Lent, Ash Wednesday, and our number into the studio if you'd like to speak with Father Matthew Spencer is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And I guess Father, you wanted to come back with a, a brief correction on some of the rules you gave about for fasting and abstinence? Yeah, I, I think I misspoke. I think I said abstinence is for, for everybody of any age, but I think it's actually only from 14 onwards. So there's no upper age limit to abstinence, but, um, but a lower one of, of 14 years. Of course, I mean, it's a beautiful practice anyway, and I think everybody could get away it's with doing easy. it. It's very easy, yeah, just <laughs> yeah, like you is. said before. And even with that, I know, because I, I looked it up at one point, um, you're even allowed to use like meat broths. You know, you're not supposed yeah. to have meat itself, but if there's chicken broth or beef broth or, you know, something in, in, in a soup that you're making, even that's allowed. So again, it's very, very easy to, uh, <laughs> to, to make that, um, that sacrifice there every Friday through Lent. Um, Father, let's go back to the phones. And again, our phone number here into the studio is 888-914-9149. Uh, Debbie, listening in Chandler, Arizona, welcome to The Inner Life. What are you doing this Lent? Good morning, Father. Good morning, Josh. 
Um, I wanted to share something that I, I heard in the Eucharistic prayer the other day at Mass, and it's Eucharistic prayer two where it says, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. So my prayer, and that the Holy Spirit just opened my eyes with that. So my prayer all through Lent, every day, I want to ask Jesus, how can I minister to you today? So that's going to be my Lenten effort. Beautiful. And there are no, there is no shortage of opportunities for us to serve Jesus, is there, and to minister to his needs, especially when we see in the poor, in the downtrodden, when we see in the most vulnerable and the most needy among us, the person of Jesus himself, then at every moment there's an opportunity to minister to him. So it's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. That's a a wonderful um, way to reflect and keep Jesus at the forefront of your mind during Lent. And, uh, you know, if, if you're listening to Father Matthew right now and saying, oh, you know, ministering to those in need, well, we're going to actually talk about that in even more detail coming up next week, next Tuesday, February 28th. Our topic for the day will be the corporal works of mercy, how we do minister to Christ. Um, you know, when we are helping the least of our brothers and sisters, how we're really helping Jesus himself. You know, when they're hungry, when they're thirsty, um, we're ministering to him. So I hope you can join us for that show. Of course, I hope you can join us every day here on The Inner Life as together we try and grow in our relationship with Christ and understand how God is working in our lives, might be speaking to each one of us. Uh, Father, let's go to Esmeralda listening in Sacramento. Hi, Esmeralda. Welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Uh, My question is... um Growing up, I was taught that Lent was through um, Easter Sunday. So if I gave up candy, I couldn't eat it until Easter Sunday. And that's what I've taught my kids. But I saw on a Catholic social media post that Lent ends on Holy Thursday. Um, so I, I wanted to clarify um, how long, when does Lent end? And how long are we obligated to continue our Lent sacrifice through Holy Thursday or Easter Sunday. Oh, this is a, yeah, thanks, Esmeralda. This is a very good question. And, you know, as Catholics, we love to have our rules and, and I love it. You know, I love to know. Tell me what I can do and what I can't do, (laughs) Father. Exactly. Just don't, don't leave any gray area. (laughs) We love to, we love to work through that as Catholics. And it is helpful, I think, in our spiritual life. But here's a few observations, Esmeralda. First of all, we're, we are invited by the church to make these sacrifices, to pray fast and give alms during Lent. Um, but there's not like a, the church says, you must give up something for Lent and you must give up, say, chocolate or coffee or, or wine or whatever it might be. Uh, that's a personal devotion and decision that we do. And so that decision is largely up to you. You can continue to do that. Uh, for example, Sundays don't count as part of the 40 days of Lent. If you add up all of the days of Lent, you'll notice that there's more than 40. And that's because Sundays are not included in that count because it's the day of the Lord's resurrection. Well, because of that, some people say, well, I'm going to I'm gonna give myself a break on Sundays. That'll be my cheat day. I'll get to eat as many donuts as I want. And then I'll go back to not having donuts for the rest of the week. Uh, you know, in my opinion, it kind of, um, I've tried it both ways. Esmeralda, I've tried, and I know I'm not referring yet to Holy Thursday, I'll get to that in just a moment, but I've tried uh, keeping the fast through Sundays and keeping my disciplines that way, and I've tried relaxing it on Sundays, and for me personally, I just find it more 
helpful to just maintain that fast mode even during Sundays. And I, I continue my personal disciplines of Lent even through Sundays. But you're right, this, the, those 40 days on, uh, end at the triduum of, of, of Easter, which is Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and the Easter Vigil, of course. Um, but that doesn't mean that we, we therefore can just return to partying and feasting and all of that after, after, the, the, Ash, after um, the Wednesday of Holy Week. What it means, Esmeralda, is that we're entering into a more solemn fast. In fact, the church invites us uh, on Good Friday to fast from, from food and abstain from meat and also invites us as much as possible, as far as possible, to continue that fast even through Holy Saturday, even up until the Easter Vigil, if possible. So um, I would say don't relax um, your disciplines right as we get to to the middle of Holy Week. Instead, I would say redouble your efforts to, to remain focused on Easter. And uh, not that you have to white knuckle it through those days. There's grace that comes to us regardless. But, uh, but realize we're still in a, a time of preparation for Easter. Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I, like you, Father, the the Sundays, I've tried both ways, you know, uh, giving myself, as you called it, kind of a cheat day. But, you know, knowing that, okay, the every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection of our Lord. You know, it's kind of a, a, a mini Easter that we're celebrating every Sunday. Um, I find that, for me, I prefer, like you, to continue that Lenten fast through the Sundays, through, you know, from Ash Wednesday all the way up until Easter Sunday. And for me, the biggest reason is it makes that celebration on Easter Sunday so much more momentous. It's such a joyful celebration of I've been doing penance through this whole time. And so, yeah, if, if I haven't, if I, if I've abstained from alcohol or if I haven't had chocolate or whatever it is, you know, um, that glass of wine then, uh, Easter Sunday for, for dinner, you know, along with whatever the, the meal we have, it makes it that much more special um, for me. But I, again, you know, that's just my own personal kind of uh, take on it, how I've experienced it. But um, yeah, I, I, I like the fact that it makes the celebration a little bit more special. Yeah, me too. And I think um, I've had good lens where I've really felt like I've stuck with my my penance and and really felt great when Easter came. And I've had some bad lens where I felt like, boy, that just didn't have the effect that I wanted it to, or I didn't have the willpower I thought I would have. Um, I think the beauty is, is that it's not, it's not so much on up to our willpower and it's not so much on up to the success that we see in, in our disciplines, but instead on God's grace, right? And we have to do our part. We strive to do our part by, by being organized, by being committed during Lent, uh, but ultimately, we, we realize that uh, it's God that will bring about the fruit to yeah. our spiritual disciplines. That's such a good point. I think if you have that kind of uh, not such a great experience during Lent, it makes you appreciate the other ones where you do have that good experience even more. And because, you know, that first, that first Lent and Easter that we had when COVID first broke out, that was a rough one for our family. I, I I don't know how other people, you know, carried through that, but we found ourselves just saying, oh, we're already dealing with so much kind of, you know, this this isolation kind of imposed mortification, so to speak, that we we opted not to take on a lot of other things just because it was <laughs> it was already hitting us pretty hard. 
You know, the founder of my religious community was a bishop in the 19th century. He was canonized by John Paul II in 2001, and his name is St. Joseph Morello. And he would always counsel the members of the Oblates of St. Joseph to, to do your ordinary um, penances in an extraordinary way and to not worry about taking on extraordinary penances, not to worry about doing something so over the top. Instead, he'd say, hey, you know what? You're stuck in traffic. Uh, you can offer that up. You know, you're, you're, um, you have a headache. You can offer that up. You have these little aches and pains and difficulties and inconveniences. And all of those are opportunities for, for penance and for growth and repentance. And I think, we, I think that's important to, to, to recognize. We have lots of opportunities. And like you point out, uh, during COVID a few years back, that Lent was really extreme and difficult. And that was a penance that God uh, gave to each one of us. And we were called to embrace that patiently. Well, he's going to do the same with us, no doubt, this Lent with, with other types yeah, of penances. Yeah, and we have to just live those out faithfully. Uh, it's such a great way to kind of wrap up our hour here, Father. Uh, always good to talk with you. We've got about 30 seconds left for a blessing for our listeners. Heavenly Father, I ask you to look with loving mercy upon all of our listeners here at Relevant Radio. May they have a blessed Lent and experience your presence throughout these coming 40 days. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, I hope you have a blessed Lenten season, Father, and we'll look forward to having you back here on The Inner Life in the near future. And thank you to you for being a part of the program. Big thanks to Nick Sentovich and to Sarah Tafoya helping to produce the program today. The podcast will be posted here shortly, of course. If you joined us late, go and listen to the entire hour. Share it with somebody if uh, maybe they have questions about... Ash Wednesday, about fasting regulations, all the different things we talked about. Stay tuned. Mass is starting in just a few moments here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.